The Ride to Orbis podcast's main driving force is its community. If you would like to learn how to support the show, you can visit patreon.com slash forward ride to Orbis. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's called the original. He the ends, original? Yes. So in Guilty Gear lore... Oh, when, boy. This is about to be a lesson, I can tell. <laughs> it's it's going to be a quick lesson. Trust Take me, me to school. Take me to school, bro. So in the lore of Guilty Gear, what happened is that around... I think it was like 1995 or whatever the heck. Like... A great year. There is a yeah. It was a great year. It was. I was born in 1995. Hey, see, even a better year. Exactly. All right, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode, a late night episode of Ride to Orbis, a gaming podcast. We're back here, and there's a lot to talk about. Joining me, as he does, really. I mean, this is now a tradition because. This is three episodes in a row where it's just you and I, my friend, Broken Wing. Thank you for joining me on the fourth episode of Ride to Orbis. How are you? Good. I'm good. I can already tell on the break I'm going to have to go grab my jacket because... Getting chilly, huh? The thing is, I always keep my room very cold at a nice 70 degrees. Mm. And the only reason why I'm not wearing a jacket is because I just came out of the, you know, hot ass temperature of the sun right texas out yeah it's, it's hot as hell out there but like as soon as that's i get cool from the room i'm gonna be like oh crap time to get a jacket on well we'll make sure to get you to that first break on a timely fashion we got a little bit of housekeeping before that but uh we got a lot to talk about in the second segment so i'll try to make this one brief but uh, just real quick, appreciate everybody who is joining us, listening to this, whether in the future or right now on the stream. My name is Max Spicer. Like I said, I'm joined by Broken Wing, a.k.a. Pringle the Two. And this is Right to Orbis, a gaming podcast and games we shall talk about tonight. And yeah, so speaking of housekeeping, we talk about this every week, it seems like. But the name for the listeners, so we've gone through slimes and then it was like heretics. And we can't use Hollywood because we're no longer FGC Hollywood. Now, thanks to Big Sword and In My Pants and the Discord, which everybody should join because we got a nice little community there. But apparently for a second there, we were the D-Gen Rangers because we've been D-Gens for a long time in the Discord. And then Big Sword said something like, D-Gens assemble. And then Pants, I think, put like a Power Rangers gif of all of them dancing or whatever. And then it's been... Like Power Ranger gifts, like memes and and dancing and Gen Chat, for a good couple days. So I guess now we're the D Gen Rangers. Still waiting on a name. We have not had a clear, decisive vote or count really on a name for the listeners. So we're still workshopping that. But hey, I'm cool with calling them something different every week. So for this week, they're the D Gen Rangers. So assemble. So that's one thing. Still need a name to appreciate Patreon, appreciate our Discord, of course. Um, and the mailbag is still open. We got a couple submissions last week and the week before last. So eventually, uh, once Pringle gets back, we'll probably do our first mailbag episode before our first spoiler cast. Um, so that'll be the way I'll tackle that. Speaking of Pringle, something to note, obviously he's not here. Pringle the one. Um, he probably won't be here until... I would assume that he'll miss the whole month of September 
So I think we have two more shows in the month of September. So he probably won't be on those two. Hopefully he'll come back on in October. And we'll be uh, glad to have him back because Pringle the One is a pretty cool dude. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. And as far as the Tekken 7 exhibition I mentioned last week that I would like to host with Coffee and Combos, I've got some yeses from both sides. So I'm going to try to put that plan into motion. Soon TM. We'll try to get a date, coordinate with who's in, who's out, who can play. And uh, we'll try to make it happen. So I'll be working on that for the next couple of weeks. And one last thing. I forgot to say that when I mentioned them, but uh, since this will be coming out on Monday, In My Pants is actually joining me on the Max Plexer podcast tomorrow. Or not tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. Uh, so I, I wanted to do that for a while to have uh, the community members of Right to Orbis slash FCZ Hollywood or whatever um, come on the podcast and just kind of talk about stuff because I think we got some cool people in there. Everybody has different interests. So it's kind of how I got to know you, Broken, how I got to know Pringle. Um, I've spoken to Big Sore before. So we're, I'm going to try to do this series where I just talk to the people in our Discord. They all have different things they want to talk about. Pans has quite the list. And uh, he's an overall cool guy because, I, I mean, I've spoken to him before. And I think it should be a fun podcast. So that will be out, if not Monday, alongside this podcast. So if it's not out right now on YouTube, on the Ride to Orbis channel, it'll be out probably Tuesday. So just to give myself some time to edit as the happy chaos glasses are going on Broken Wings' forehead. Look, at this point, I'm just going to have them on my forehead every podcast. That's your, I think that's your, like, um, what's that word? Not, not image, not shtick. What am I looking for here? That's your... Persona? Persona. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Persona 6 win! Oh, man. Could you imagine? Hey, I heard uh, Persona 5R is coming to Steam. And Xbox. Oh, wow. Look at Atlas Go. And Nintendo Switch. Wow. Nintendo Switch can handle Persona 5. That's how you know that game is trash. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, uh, apparently, Persona 5R is going to be, like, really low-end graphics on <laughs> Nintendo Switch. Oh, really? Damn. That's weird, because they, they own the SMT series. But anyway, I digress. It's cool. I, I said this last week, and I'm pretty sure I said that the week before last. And I'm probably saying this week at the end of the show. It's so cool the fact that all these traditionally console exclusive games have been coming on PC. So great mm -hmm. to see. I don't even like Persona 5 Royal. And I mean, I don't hate it, but I don't like it. And it's cool to see it on PC. Even I say it's cool to have Persona 5 Royal on PC. Now, would I play it again? Never in a million years because 162 hours was way too much. But if you have not logged in 162 hours in Royal, Maybe you want to give it a try. Maybe you'll think differently than me. I'll give it a, once it comes out on Steam, I might give it, after, on a sale, I will give it a shot on a sale. I think if you can get that game for like 35 bucks, it's probably worth it. Now, I personally don't like that game for multiple reasons, but I don't, I still don't think to this day, I still don't think it's a bad game. It's just not what I expected. And maybe that's on me for having expectations to begin with. But, uh, you know, once you spend too much time with anything, you're like, ah, I just want this to be over. So that's just how I feel about that game. But hey, the first part I thought was all right. It just overstayed its welcome. 
IMO. But yeah, that's all we got for the early housekeeping segment. Now we can talk a little bit about what we are playing. Um, I've not been playing anything. And actually, before we talk about what we've been playing, what were we doing? Broken, last week I told you I wanted to quit my job, but I wasn't going to. Mm -hmm. I found the happy medium because my job has been some BS lately. So I found a happy medium of quiet quitting of where... God, like, I hate that word. <laughs> I hate that phrase, quiet quitting. I just kind of have been doing the bare minimum while still doing my job enough to like the, the job description. So they still have enough to pay me. government work. Yeah, they still have to pay me because I am doing my job. I'm just not going above and beyond. So I think I'm going to do that until uh, I find that things at the workplace are doing better. And it's been actually been good. I've been actually much more relaxed this week. I've be, I have not been so stressed to like try to, you know, be a team player here and, you know, be a, a good employee. I'm just being a, um, a standard employee, like, uh, a baseline. <laughs> I don't go above. I don't go below. I just kind of ride the line. That's what I'm doing. And I've just been chilling. So it's been nice. And as far as what I've been playing, I haven't been playing anything. I've been playing some Maple Royals, mostly to get footage. And after I got footage, I just played a little bit for fun because there's an event going on. But uh, I have still not finished that swan. So I, I lied to all the listeners that I said I was going to finish the unfinished swan. Uh, I've not gone back to that. But I did finish the Ride to Orbis tale that uh, is like a sort of telling of what Ride to Orbis means from the game Maple Story, and it's. It took me a little while to write up, which was annoying because WordPress sucks. They they did a whole thing on their website, so it's really hard to write on WordPress now. If you've ever used the block editor versus the traditional editor, you know what I'm talking about. I don't have time to really explain it, but anyway, just know the block editor sucks. Um, so I wrote that, and then I put that on the Max Spicer channel as like a video essay. And it was fun to do. I actually really had fun doing it. Now, I don't think a lot of people care about MapleStory, and I don't think a lot of people care about that specific time in MapleStory, but I just think that the meaning of Ride to Orbis, those three words, hold a certain weight that I really thought was cool back then and still now, and that's how we got the name of the podcast. So if you're interested on the Ride to Orbis, hey, why is this podcast called that? You can go check out that video essay. Yeah. Now, I found something interesting about MapleStory, and that is that, you know, the voice actor for Axel Lowe, uh, the wondrous, the wonderful Octopimp? Mm, yeah. He voices a character in MapleStory. Who does he voice? He voices Gree. Gree, huh? I don't know that. Maybe that's after I quit, or the new version. It said MapleStory, and it's like this guy, he voices a character in MapleStory. That'd be cool. If he, so, uh, if he was like the black mage, I'd be like, oh shit, he's like the main bad guy. That'd be sick. But no, I don't know, Gree. I, hmm. I, I don't know what, like, all I saw was the name whenever he was talking. Or maybe it was someone else was talking. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, I saw he has a new video up on his channel where he, he shows off, like, his voice and, like, all the games that he's voiced. And Maple Story showed up, and I was like, oh, hey. Yeah, sick. Tell him what's up. By the way, I moved my mouse because last week you said, stop putting yes. your mouse in the middle of goddamn words. <laughs> so, yeah, I know <laughs> So I'm going to be trying, I'm going to actually try to like look at the show notes and make sure my mouse isn't in the middle of like a sentence. Word. <laughs> yeah. 
So nice. I'm paying attention. Don't don't say that I'm not paying attention. But I can take criticism. You know, I'm trying to do better. Do better. Anyway, Broken, what do you, what have you been doing this last week? I, uh, actually, fun fact, with Guilty Gear, I uh, I haven't played Guilty Gear in so long that what I did was I actually decided, okay, I, I know I have Wednesdays off. I'm going to join WNF. I, I owe in two, but... I saw the like, tweet. I saw you register. Yeah, yeah I registered for, for uh, WNF. I tried RAM while I was warming up, and I was like, nope, I still am not confident enough to play RAM, so I went in as Anji. But I owe in two, because... You know, that's just how it is. It happens. You're dealt a, a terrible hand, you just play the terrible hand. But whatever, it's which, fine. Which characters did you lose to? Uh, I lost to Testament, and I lost to Kai. Yeah, no shame in that. Yeah, Kai is strong to fight against. He he touches you once, and a good Kai player will just kill you off of one touch. And then Testament is just difficult to deal with because long-range BS. Crows, trees, ghosts. Okay, not trees and ghosts. That's not in the game anymore. Oh, but she, she does. Or he. Or, they. What, they sorry. don't have. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Testament they don't doesn't have, have trees. Testament does not have trees. Testament does not have blood. Well, tech, it, they do have blood. It's just that's their weapon now, and like how they attack. But they're uh, they don't have the blood traps. They have. They don't have traps. What they have is long range and. Um, when they they do this new attack where like they put their scythe in the ground and then like they shoot out this huge blood uh blood orb it it's oh god it's sounds like guilty I, I hate fighting testament <laughs> i hate fighting guy i hate fighting games <laughs> i was playing and I, when i was warming up i was warming up, up against a gold lewis player and like I would do decent damage i'd get gold lewis close to death and then all of a sudden they get one hit and i was like good games Go Lewis will touch you once and you just die. Yeah. That's it. There's nothing you can do. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Get hit by Behemoth Typhoon once and that's it. Get in that I, coffin. Uh, yep. I did a stint of Blaze Blue. Only did Blaze Blue because I had a friend who was really good at Blaze Blue. And so I just played with him in Blaze Blue because that's his, his game. Um, that's nice of you to do. I suck at Blaze Blue, honestly. That's why I said it's nice of you to do, because I, I don't really... I'll do it sometimes, but I don't really like playing games where, like, I'm just the practice dummy, really. Like, there's certain games where I'm, like, I'm really trash at. I mean, most of them. But, like, the ones I really am, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, Killer Instinct or... I mean, even Strive, right? Like, I just, you know, I don't have no clue, like, really of how to play. Um, and then sometimes when people want to play, I'd be like, well... I can technically, but I'll, I mean, I'm, it's just not going to be fun for either party. You're, nobody's, it's not really fun for you beating my ass and it's not really fun for me to just take the ass beating, but you still, you know, if you got a buddy who that's their game, you know, you become the sacrificial lamb. Why not? I'll take the beating. Funny. Most of my friends that play fighting games actually play Blaze Blue. Mm. I had to join a Guilty Gear Discord, which is, it's the Yuri Court. Shout out to the Yuri Court. Except that they ask for a Guilty Gear match like every three minutes. I'll come home from work and there's like 50 fucking <laughs> game, <laughs> like requests for a game. And I'm like, bro, does do you guys not have work? 
I know y'all are East Coasters, but like, come on, New York has to have work at some point in time. I said that yesterday to our Discord because I forgot they were typing and it was like some ungodly hour and I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, don't you guys sleep? <laughs> like, How are you still typing? It's like 2 a.m. Maybe I'm just a boomer. But, I mean, I d I'm definitely am boomer, but. I mean, Zio is a Zio doesn't count because Zio is like halfway across the world. Yeah, well, Zio will ping the fight channel for KOF and Melty Blood at like three o'clock in the morning, and then expect people in a predominantly North American server to reply to him, unless they're on during Degen hours. Which you know, you got Deco, you got Toby, you got a couple of other night shifters, Drizzy, Glenn. So they might take the offer, but for normal people. We're fast asleep, man. We are done. And speaking of done, I think this uh, early segment is is done. Done. What uh, a great segue. I know. You need a sweatshirt. I need a drink. So we shall be right back. Sneeze on a child at a park. The whole world explodes off <laughs> in like five years. That, that's true. I remember the butterfly effect. It's like, We're completely mm -hmm. off video games now, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> but, there's a movie with Ashton Kutcher called The Butterfly Effect. He, uh, the, the endings in that, some of them are really disturbing too, but like, not a terrible movie. I wouldn't go watch it again, but if you've never seen it, they're talking about how when you do something extremely minute in the past, how it changes, how it alters the future. It's crazy. If I remember correctly, it was named The Butterfly Effect, but because if you touch a butterfly in the past, it will create a tornado in the future. How are you broken? We took a lengthy break. Talked to the chat. A couple of uh, interesting people in there. I, um, I'm going to love when the video comes out and they're going to be like, when the hell did he get his jacket? <laughs> oh, well, we talked about it. It's no surprise. He knew you were going to get your jacket when uh, we were going to go on break because you were chilly. But uh, things are heating up. Because we got a lot to talk about, a lot of games, a lot of announcements, and we need to recap a lot of stuff. And, and like you mentioned before we even started the podcast, TGS is still going. So we're not going to be all caught up. So some of this stuff is probably going to get rolled back to next week's show. If anything interesting, right? I'm not going to, you know, add every single thing. But if something interesting that is somewhat relevant to us happens, we'll add it. But for now, we have enough on the docket that we can we can talk about this week. So we're going to start with state of play. So obviously it's been a really busy week. Um, and if this whole week were a concert, concert, then uh, you'd have Sony being the opening act, as they say. It's because state of play happened on September 13th, 2022. So we got quite the lineup here. Now to open the show, Sony and Bandai Namco showed us the first official gameplay look of Tekken 8 after teasing us earlier this year at EVO 2022. What we saw from the trailer were Tekken, the Tekken staples, a strange devil father, Kazuya Mishima, fighting his sorta emo devil son, Jin Kazama around an active volcano, which I've noticed the Tekken universe has a lot of them. So that's a thing. I need to I need to start jumping into volcanoes because apparently if Jin and, and you know Kazuya look the way they do. Yeah. I need to start. I need to start jumping into volcanoes. They're just ripped, and hey, Hachi is also ripped. And the the only thing in common is not hard training. It's just jumping into volcanoes. <laughs> anyway, we saw the gameplay. It looked pretty cool. 
I'm glad that we got some clarification finally because at Evo, all we had was Kazuya doing the Tekken one thing of, you know, standing at the top of the cliff after throwing uh, Heihachi down there and then Devil Eye glows, he smiles. I thought, you know, for the longest time between Evo 2022 and State of Play, I thought we might be getting Tekken 1 remaster. I thought we were just going to get Tekken 2024 or whatever. Cool that we're getting Tekken 8. I'm just glad that it's not Tekken Tag 3. That's I'm, I'm relieved, honestly. I know that we didn't get an actual gameplay trailer. Like, we just got story trailer mm -hmm. with gameplay in it, which is it's great because we get to see what the game looks like. But I think that the Tokyo, not the TGA, TGS, I'm thinking that the um, either the TGS or the Game Awards, which they said, Jeff Keighley or whoever that yeah, guy Jeff is. Yeah, Hmm. He said that get ready for Tekken news at the Game Awards. Yeah. I think that that's when they're going to show actual gameplay. Like, this is what the UI looks like and all that, which I'm excited for, personally. Yeah. I think I think TGS might, like, show something related, but I don't know. I think State of Play kind of just stole TGS's thunder. We'll see. So we heard about Jeff Keighley saying, hey, we'll see, see you soon. That was after EVO. So mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting an announcement or any sort of reveal in between the two. We'll see what happens to TGA when that happens. But uh, according to lead producer Katsuhiro Harada, later on with an interview with IGN, he added that Tekken 8 will be transitioning over to the Unreal Engine 5, as well as discarding all of the previous Tekken 7 models for Tekken 8, starting from the ground up, which is great news because we... Definitely need some new models. Uh, those other models that we got were sort of new from 7, from Tag 2, I, but I don't know that they were completely new. It almost seemed like they were KOF 14 to KOF 15, just more polished. That's kind of how I felt about it. So definitely when what we saw from Tekken 8 is they look completely different. So it's cool that we're finally moving with the generation. Harada also mentioned that the gameplay, and you said this earlier, that the gameplay seen in the Tekken 8 trailer was actually taken from the game story mode, showing the dynamic transition between gameplay and the cinematics, something that Bandai Namco experienced with or experimented with in Tekken 7 story. Heihachi and Kazuya have a few battle sequences that go from gameplay to cinematic, and uh, as well as, I think one of the first ones was Akuma and Heihachi, which was really, really good. The way they did that. Oh, yeah. um, so it's cool that Tekken 8 is doing the same thing with the story. Also, I didn't write it on here, but apparently from that IGN article, Tekken 7, or rather Tekken as a franchise, is the longest running storyline in video games. Mm -hmm. How about that? It is. Pretty impressive. You know, what, you know what I thought was really cool about Tekken 7's like, gameplay into cinematic act, uh, thing? Is that there's an actual moment where they use the gameplay features of Tekken 7 to amplify the story of, of Tekken 7. Mm -hmm. So you know how when you have low health, every hit like slows the game down to like be dramatic? Yep. And so every move you do slows the game down in the mm -hmm. story mode to show how dramatic of a moment that is, which yeah. I thought was super cool. That, that was like a really cool mechanic where it's like, hey, the mechanics of the game are actually influencing the story of the game i actually i actually enjoyed the story mode for tekken 7 it was actually fun especially the final battle between kazuya and Heihachi. 
it was it was fun to play and it was just fun to be a part of but even just the telling of the story of the just the mishima family and, and the way that they inserted akuma in there was kind of interesting as well but i thought it was pretty well done and i think this is going to go into the same obviously they're they're picking up right where they left off right they finished in the volcano in seven it seems like they're going to finish it again in eight or maybe that's the beginning who knows but uh still it's exciting so more news in the future of tekken 8 like you and i talked about probably tga the game awards um but it'll come sometime in the future which hopefully will detail us with some more news about the netcode news about the release release window and further development However, as of now, all we know is that the game is planned for release on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. I have Evo a... and Combo Breaker are going to be interesting. Yes. And all the other offline majors. Yes. Because in order to play Tekken, you're going to have to use a console. Well, here's the thing. Evo aside, because Evo is owned by PlayStation... So I'm probably going to be like 100% honest with you. Mm -hmm. Sony's just going to give them a bunch of PS5s. Oh, yeah. PS5 Slims. Yeah. You know, and just be like, here's PS5 Slims. Go at it. But uh, the other ter major tournaments, it might be a while before you see Tekken 8 there. Either that or I don't know, because Gaming Generations is the ones that handle all the consoles. So it depends on what. So traditionally, with a lot of fighting games, even though it hasn't been the standard, because for some reason in the eighth console generation, PS4, Xbox One, it seemed like we moved to PlayStation 4. I think that was mostly because most fighting games just happened to and be yeah. on, they were on PlayStation and not on Xbox. But traditionally, when both, when a fighting game came to both, PC excluded, the performance was better on Xbox. And... Yeah. It still technically is because Epic's uh, engine adds delay mm -hmm. on PlayStation consoles. They said they're 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 teaming up. This is a while ago. I even mentioned it back when we were at FTC Hollywood. Evo was teaming up with PlayStation, which was then teaming up with Epic to fix the frame delay, mm -hmm. so that that way PlayStation consoles wouldn't have as much delay with the Epic engine. Because of fighting games. Yeah. Solely because of fighting games, apparently. So, yeah. And if you remember, during the seventh console generation, when it was between PS3 and Xbox 360, if the game was on both, most of the time they picked 360 because of performance, including Street Fighter 4, which was the most popular game at the time. And that was played on 360. So, and ever since PlayStation took over as the main console that everyone played on, all fighting games got on PlayStation. I think there's only what, like three games that were on that were fighting games that were on Xbox. It's Tekken Seven, Killer Soul Instinct, Caliber. and Soul Calibur. Yeah, and obviously the Mortal Kombat. But um, yeah, Mortal Kombat. Or my bad. Yeah, but, so, uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think Street Fighter Five being in bed with PlayStation during launch kind of put a big sign for the FGC to just go with PlayStation because of the fact that Street Fighter Five was PlayStation. That's all the logo you saw all the time. And then all these Japanese games coming out like Undernight, Blaze Blue, they're not coming in Xbox One. So PlayStation just really dominated the last generation. I think it'll probably dominate this gener generation as well because of the fact that 
Xbox is really not a player, at least not until recently. We'll talk about that here in a bit. In the fighting game space. And with Tekken 8, it is cool because initially when we saw this from State of Play, you know how Sony likes to play their game. They only put their logo. They're not going to put anybody else's logo. And then you wait for the Bandai Namco official trailer, and then they put Steam Xbox Series X. So it's good. It's good to see. Obviously, you mentioned this with a different game, but because of the fact that it's Unreal Engine 5, no Xbox One. So No PS4 as well either. Oh, yeah. Yep. Definitely no Switch. (laughs) Can you imagine trying to play a game with Unreal Engine 5 on Switch? The console would just explode in your hands. Oh my god! I would, combust. I would love to see a edit of Tekken Eight on Switch at 15 frames per second with like the most blurry images possible, oh, and man. 8-bit sounds coming out of that. Uh, hey we, guys, we got Tekken Eight on the Switch. Man, you got you got an eighth of Tekken on the Switch. <laughs> Before we move on to the next item, and I, I'm sure you'll like that one. Uh, just thoughts on Tekken 8. I just got to say, it looked kind of what I expected it, but I'm still encouraged, right? Even though I expected to this to be the next step for Tekken, I'm still encouraged from what I saw. If that is the way the gameplay is going to look, especially with the aspect ratio, it seems like the characters are actually further away from the screen, which we're not used to in Tekken. They're normally really up close. But if maybe, I don't know if that was cinematic or if that was actual gameplay, but... I just thought that the way the game the game looked was encouraging to see f- this early on. Last thing I'll say about this, I don't believe this game is anywhere near 2022 and it's I don't know that it's near 2023 to be honest. I think if this game comes out, I think it's going to be like holiday season of next year, so November or December. So I think this game is a long ways out. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um <laughs> I think what's cool is that from that story trailer, I think everyone's getting this idea that Jin is doing the Ryu thing Mm -hmm. where basically he controls the demon inside him to become a hero. And that's going to be his story arc is that he will use the demon, the devil Jin or Gene, Mm -hmm. the devil Gene inside him to be good because his Jin's story has been separate from Kazi and Heihachi's story. Heihachi was always pulled, uh, was always mad that he never had the devil uh, gene. Mm-hmm. So that was his story. Kazuya's story was, I have the devil gene and I don't, I don't give a fuck about anybody. What a great day. And, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and Jin's story has always been, I have the devil gene. I don't like this devil gene. I think it's a terrible sin to have. And I don't want to use it, right? Because he's, he's all mopey and depressed. Yeah, I mean, in in, in what was it in Tekken Three? He's an entirely different character because he develops a fighting style that doesn't even use the Mishima like gameplay. Because yeah. wasn't it? Because he was trying to he, he fights trying to get away. Yeah. yeah, he was trying to fight. He was trying to like get away from the Devil Gene. But then, like, apparently, people complained that oh, I don't want to relearn a new character, just play Jin. So they gave him back his old gameplay style, but. I think in Tekken 8, where this where like it showed that he like he accessed it but not fully, I think it's basically like he's doing the Ryu story, which is instead of like succumbing to the evil, mm-hmm. I will harness the evil to do good. 
And I, I think they alluded to that because at the end of Tekken 7, I think that there's a scene with with Jin standing at the top of that building and then Lars coming from behind and he's saying like, you know, are you ready? Are you good? And he was like, yeah, like I'm fine or whatever. So I think that alluded to the fact that now he has control. So this is probably a continuation of that. I'm excited. I'm, you know, listen, I'm a huge Tekken fan. I really enjoyed 7. I enjoyed my time with 7. And I think I'll enjoy my time with 8. Hopefully, like... Like, you know, the Grey Pringle always says, hopefully that netcode comes correct, but see. It is Bandai Namco. It is Bandai Namco. So that's all we have to say about Tekken 8. We'll see what happens with that. Following, we have another game, and this is one, you know, it's ironic that you were talking about playing Like a Dragon the last couple weeks. I don't know if you knew about this, or maybe you're just a, uh, you have... A secret hunch, but like a dragon, Ishin was announced. I didn't know that this was a remake. So this is set in the late, mid to late 1800s during the Edo period. It is a spin-off game in the Like a Dragon series, which was previously only playable in Japan. So there's not just this game. There's three Like a Dragon games coming out. Okay, so but State of Play like... only had one. No, State of Play had three. Are you sure? So I watched State of Play. I'm telling you, I watched it today. Okay, what? well. <laughs> so there's Like a Dragon Ishin. Okay. Like a Dragon 8. And then there's another Like a Dragon game, which I think is supposed to be another remake of another game. But Like a Dragon Ishin is a remake of the Yakuza 0? or No, not you, 0. There's like a Yakuza series where basically, instead of being in the modern era, like Yakuza was, it was what if the Yakuza cast was in the Edo period? And this is that. So, so from what I read, Ishin is a remake of a game that came out in 2014 that never made it out worldwide. So this is a remake of that game, but it's completely from the ground up, right? It, they just didn't just remaster this game. So mm-hmm. it's Finally getting a worldwide release, February 21st, 2023, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. I didn't see if the PC part was Steam or Epic Games. Maybe both. Maybe. So, yeah. So, but I thought it was cool. I didn't know that they had the spinoff series, obviously, because it's been in Japan. But I thought it was cool that the way that they started that trailer, they were like, you know, 1863 Japan or whatever. I, th- I just thought it was neat. We've actually had that theme multiple times in state of play and we'll talk about that but i just want to get your thoughts on, i mean this is your series i want to get your thoughts on this i'm excited i mean is this day one for you uh not this one i think the the other two game like a dragon games might be day one mm. i don't think Asian is going to be day one i will say that i'm super excited for like a dragon eight because it apparently is going to continue the main character, the main protagonist is like a story, but it's also gonna have Kiryu in it. And Kiryu looks like Yuna Arakami for That's some hilarious. reason. That's so funny. How do we make Kiryu look old? What if we just gave him Yuna Arakami's hairstyle? Such a silly, but I mean, hey, it's uh, I wouldn't have it any other way to be honest. It looks cool. I mean, I don't know if this is like a immediate purchase for me but we'll see when it comes out i'm not playing what i think is what i think is interesting is that all three like a dragon games that are coming out are not using the dragon engine 
Mm. All three of these Like a Dragon store uh, games are coming out with Unreal Engine 5. I thought, which I think... So I believe Ishan is coming with 4 because they were talking about how they couldn't implement 5 for this one. Hence the fact that it's coming on Xbox One and PS4. Maybe. But they're using Unreal Engine, which is yeah. not the engine they used for any yep. of the other games. I yep. think it's kind of cool that they're, you know, they're, they're broadening their horizons. It's neat. Speaking of neat, I'll be honest with you. I don't know why. I've been getting marketing emails for this game for the last few months, and I'm not even signed up to anything Warner Brothers, but regardless, Hogwarts Legacy, the upcoming action role-playing video game based on the Harry Potter novels and the film series, is slated for February 10th, 2023, releasing on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and yes, even the Nintendo Switch. However, the catch is... The Switch will get a release date sometime in the future. Speaking of 1800s, this game is set in it, and it follows a student starting at Hogwarts in their fifth year. As of right now, PlayStation users will receive a spooky exclusive quest if they order the deluxe edition of the game. However, for non-PlayStation users, the quest will be available after one year of timed exclusivity. Have you Ooh. seen anything about Hogwarts Legacy? I've been seeing a lot of this because of the fact that somehow Warner Brothers got my email. But it hasn't really been on my radar. It's not like the type of game I would play. But it looks neat. Like it it's, looks... Been on, it's been on my radar solely because everyone keeps saying, don't support, don't buy, don't support this game because it's giving money to J.K. Rowling. And I'm like... Oh, yeah. Don't want to support J.K. Here's the thing. I'm just going to say this. It's okay to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. And J.K. Rowling probably barely had any input in this game. I could promise you right now. If, if J.K. didn't have Twitter, nobody would bat an eye. Twitter, I think, like, makes people look way worse than they actually are. It's the platform. Like, yeah, it is. But I'm going to say this. Look, J.K. Rowling probably all Is it Rowling or Rowling? Whatever the hell her name <laughs> is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I'm not going to give her like the time of day all i'm saying is that she probably did the same thing that george lucas did with the star wars movie was like yeah that makes sense in canon fuck it go ahead that's all the game itself looks neat you know there was a game back on pc back in the early days harry potter themed and it was a broom like a magical broom racing game it was actually really fun i played that so but that was the last harry potter game i played Hogwarts Legacy, you know, that's coming up. So that's next year, though. That's like four months from now. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I don't think I'll play this, but who knows? Maybe it'll come to like riveting reviews and Pringle will be like, oh, man, you got to play this. Probably not. I don't know. I'm not going to play it. <laughs> I don't think it's not. I, I'm not the only you want to know the only things that I know about like Hogwarts. I did the Pottermore test solely so I can like date like goth chicks oh my god and i got you the would. goth here's the thing i got the goth uh class so i'm fucking set and ready to go because it said that i'm a raven i'm a raven whatever the hell i don't know raven claw. there it raven is claw. i'm a raven claw hell yeah so therefore i got the goth chick vote there you go I'm you good. think I'm you think between the two of us we can name the houses i obviously we know gryffindor there's Gryffindor, there's Hufflepuff, there's Ravenclaw, and I don't even remember the last one. The snakes. Slytherin, right? That's 
what I got. It was the Slytherin. That was a Slytherin. I forgot the snake. It was the snake one. It was the goth. goth so what's Ravenclaw? Uh, Are there four houses? Uh, I thought there were three. There's four. Jigglypuff? Don't... <laughs> Jigglypuff, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. The Hufflepuff are the the freaking like. All I know is that like Gryffindors stand for like assholes. Slytherins are I'm. The, Gryffindors sneaky. like the preppy, and I yeah. think Slytherin are they're like the conniving backdoor. You know they'll definitely Off people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then like the the Hufflepuff are the farmers and like the oh like, we're so proud at studying. Yeah, they're like the nerds. And what's Ravenclaw? I don't I didn't know that was a thing. I guess the jocks. They sound cool. You, they do kind of sound cool, not gonna lie. Hmm. Harry Potter fans listening to this is like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah! <laughs> How dare you say that about Hufflepuff. Our show, our, our show or whatever. Yeah. Our property. I'm sorry, guys. I just don't care. I literally, I told you, all I did was I did the Pottermore so I can go and relate to women and I was like, oh, hey, I got the, the emo school. Oh, man. Yeah, so that's coming out. We'll see what happens with that game, but uh, it looks neat. I mean, I'm objectively, I can say it looks neat. I probably won't play it, but it looks neat. Pacific Drive, a first-person driving survival game set in the Pacific Northwest. What a great region of the United States. With your car as your only companion, you'll travel deep into the Olympic exclusion zone, a surreal and mysterious place that's been abandoned for decades. The game currently appears to be exclusive to PlayStation 5, coming sometime in 2023. I saw this game, and I was like, yo, that looked sick as hell. It's like Alan Wake, but you're in a car in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. The, the trailer looks interesting. It looked kind of like, uh, you know, had some survival horror to it, but how are they going to do survival horror if you're in a car all the time? Because... I guess it's the interactions that you have outside of your car and you're stuck in your car. So therefore, like the fear oh, is that you cannot okay. escape. You, yeah. you cannot escape the confines of your car because your car is your only source of safety. Claustrophobic. Ta-da. Hmm. It looks interesting. Too bad it's only coming to PlayStation consoles at the moment. But if this makes it to Steam, hey, I like uh, survival horror sort of games. Atmospheric ones. I don't like the ones where it's just like... Too much oh, in your mean... face. I like when it's like, you know, it's quiet for a long time. It almost makes you forget it's a horror game, and then bam, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm still here. I love those kind of games, or the ones where it's like the atmosphere is what carries the whole entire experience exactly. to the point where like you don't even you don't even experience monsters, but you're on edge because the atmosphere makes you feel like something's going to get to you eventually. Yeah. There's, so there's a bunch of games that aren't even horror games that make you do that. Uh, one of the ones that came out a long time ago that I think made the genre a thing almost was, and this was before Bioshock, really. Oh, not before, but this was after Bioshock, but different genre game was Gone Home, where when people played Gone Home the first time, they were like, oh shit, is something going to pop up and scare me? Because it's like, you know, you got the, you're basically just in the house exploring, but there's rain and there's thunder and you don't know what's happening because it's all a mystery. So you're just going through getting clues for the longest time people thought gone home was going to be a horror game it just turned out to be just a storyteller narrative you know but it's cool gone i like home, the atmosphere games if i recall correctly gone home was the inspiration for resident evil because if i remember no, correctly resident evil came was, way before gone home 
something about like a house exploration was the Re- Resident Evil's like inspiration because they were like, yeah. "Hey, you're exploring a mansion. Why don't we do that but with zombies?" And I maybe, I don't... yeah, maybe the developers have gone home like Resident Evil and took that as part with and left the like the horror elements. But Gone Home came out in 2013. And it was just supposed to be just a walking sim that tells you a story through narration. And okay, I, I guess I got the, the wrong information wrong. Something about a home. That's all I know is that like <laughs> there's a home house. Is there, <laughs> there is a house in this game. <laughs> uh where there isn't a house in this game is Sinduality. It was announced at the State of Play, and this is from Bandai Namco. Sinduality is a sci-fi third-person shooter with what appears to be a waifu version of Cortana from Halo. She helps you pilot your giant mech as you fight things on a strange planet. The game is slated to come to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC via Steam sometime in 2023. Did you see the trailer for Sinduality? It's just this... It's a very much a Bandai Namco game, like... It's it's waifus, it's Japanese dub, it's just action. It's it's so, pretty silly. Let's just say that I'll watch the trailer later. This is a game definitely that I wouldn't play. You know, nothing against it, but Bandai Namco puts out some of these games sometimes, like Code Vein, that like mm-hmm. it, it could be a cool name, a cool game, but like it just doesn't speak to me, right? So I'm just like, you know, it's cool, but for somebody else, I'll play Code stuff Vane that's is- cool for me. Code Vein is just anime Bloodborne. So if you like, or not anime blood, I guess anime Bloodborne. Yeah. So if you like Bloodborne, but you wanted to ever, if you ever thought, what if this was anime and with gothic vampires? There you go. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil the main plot because it actually would spoil two games, but you know. I'll do that. You know how people feel about spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. So yeah, I you know it's just one of those throwaway games for me. But for somebody, this could be like, oh man, I got a mech, I got a waifu. She tells me what to do. She floats right outside. I didn't get it. Like for one, she was like a hologram for a second, and then the other part, she just floats right outside your mech. I didn't really pay that much attention, but uh, you're doing a lot of pew pews. So there you go. Now we got we got the baits for Broken Wing, the two Broken Wing bait games. These are baits, Stellar Blade. Previously known as Project Eve, I've heard of the of the name Project Eve, but I haven't seen it until today. Wow. Uh, so this was announced at the State of Play as well. This The futuristic action RPG with an apocalypse theme will be coming exclusively to PlayStation 5 sometime in 2023. The trailer showed portions of the story featuring Korean voiceover, third-person slashing and shooting sequences, as well as some platforming. No news on if the game will be making its way to PC as of now. I mean, you, you gotta know, like, any game that's kind of horny and is also just, like, Bloodborne and Dark Souls-esque, that's Death Broken Wing Bait. Yeah. Hey, look, it's that game, is that. So Eve is the main character, right? And uh, the pretty, gameplay is basically... pretty attractive female lead. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> she has a, a wonderful backside. Personality. Her personality is... Her personality is amazing. <laughs> it's really good. It's impressive. And it plays like Dark Souls. So, oh my gosh, what a coincidence. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, I've heard of the name Project Eve before. Now they've changed it to Stellar Blade. 
seems interesting, futuristic, dystopian, apocalyptic. I think this game has gone through many delays and then now they're shifting or they're pivoting from Project Eve, which I think actually Project Eve sounds better than Stellar Blade. Stellar Blade sounds a little generic. But, you know, here's the thing. Anytime Korea, you put adjective and then some sort of weapon, like, I don't know. It's just, it's been done. Korea is going to do what Korea does best, okay? I don't care. Okay. I let, I like, I don't care what Korea does anymore because Korea just doesn't care about anything. It'll be like, hey, we're going to just do what we want. We don't care what the backlash is. Right. And you know what? I'm all for it. Let, let's give, let's go back to the game developers just doing what they want. All right. Through Twitter. Man, speaking of Korea, DNF Duel, man. <laughs> that game is not doing well. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think the reason why DNF Duel... This is sidetracking everybody. Mm -hmm. The reason I think DNF Duel is not doing well is because Arc System uh, has the Arc World Tour, and DNF is part of the World Tour. So when a game is part of a tournament series, you don't really see much patches or like gameplay changes. Yeah. What, so about, after... uh, what about scene people <laughs> where are the people because people aren't playing that game at least not according to the metrics i'm just saying twitter is that but like here's the thing it's a korean game okay it's a korean ip i bet you korea's like all over dnf duel all right like perhaps what we're seeing what we're seeing is the west saying that they don't like the game it wasn't ever marketed for the west anyways it was marketed for the people who like dnf yeah i'm not saying it's a bad game i'm just saying i don't see people playing it but regardless maybe they'll play stellar blade or project eve instead we'll see rise of the ronin you mentioned this earlier this was also announced that the state of play coming from team ninja we know them very well from the dead or alive series it explores an evolving world as you fight to forge a new era for Japan. Again, one of those uh, 1800s games. So this is a third-person action-adventure game set in the late 1800s with a combat-focused and an open world. Currently, the game appears to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive with a release window planned for sometime in 2024. I really like that part that they put 2024. They're like, hey, don't expect us anytime soon. No planned PC release details are known as of yet. But since a Team Ninja... They've been pretty good about putting their stuff on multiple platforms. We'll see if this is a timed exclusive. It's probably the same thing as Neo, which was it comes out on PlayStation. After a while, it comes out on Steam whenever they finally finish the game with like all of the like DLC added in as a final. You know what I mean? Yeah. Three games, by the way, that we've read so far. 1800s. Look, here's the thing. Rise of Ronin is another broken wing bait. But it goes in the other direction, which is just Neo. It's like, it looked like Neo. It smells like Neo. It plays like, it, it probably plays like Neo. Oh, hell yeah, I'm ready. Was Neo I made by Neo. Koei? Uh, Koei Tecmo, yes. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yep, yep. yep. Hmm. Why, did I think, why did I think Neo was a Sega game? Mm, no. Okay. Might have that confused with something else. So Rise of the Run, it looked cool. The open world, open world sequences, and then, you know. You're a Ronin, which is like the coolest form of a samurai, right? It's like, like, just do whatever a samur you want. A samurai that has no master. It's a, it's, yeah, like a rogue samurai. Just do whatever you want. Cut whoever you want. Pretty sick. You know, honestly, 
here's the thing. Honestly, I think samurai are worse than knights because samurais, they literally had a lord tell them what to do. And if the lord was an evil lord, well, then the samurai were evil, right? But like Ronin are sick as hell because yeah. they just, they're just people that used to have a lord. Their lord died. They didn't want to commit suicide. So they're just fucking vagabonds. The best form of samurai. Real quick, before we move on to the next game. By the way, I think this game is, is it looks cool. Unfortunately, I don't have a PS5. I don't plan on getting one. So if this comes to PC eventually. I might. do. Yeah, so you'll, you'll be all on it. But real quick, <laughs> before we move to the final game, which really we, I don't think we'll have much to say about. Ninja, the, fin- the, the ultimate discussion, you know, whether we're talking about is a hot dog a sandwich or is a ninja versus samurai, which is better? Honestly, that's, this is a stupid discussion. Of course of, it is. Is a ninja better than samurai? Because you know what a ninja is? It's just a samurai that's sneaky. That's it. I'm saying, but the, you know way, the way we think about samurais and ninjas, you got da- like shooting stars, you got small little daggers, mm-hmm. sneaky stealth. Samurai is honor, long blade, you know, one on one battles, not hiding. Yeah, you're right. But like they alluded to this in Ghost in, of Tsushima, which was based off of a real thing. Like, after a while, samurai stopped being honor-bound samurai, and they just started adopting ninja tactics because it was like, get with the times, old man. Yeah. So it's like, who cares anymore? Ninjas are samurai, samurais are ninjas. The real discussion is pirates versus ninjas. Who's cooler? Uh, see, I would take a pirate over a ninja, but I'd take a samurai over a pirate. I'm just saying. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Pirates are top tier, though. I think pirates are top tier. Something about samurais, you know. At least the way I think about a samurai. I'm, I'm reading Vagabond. That's my image of a samurai. So if that's my, if that's my image of a samurai, then I have to go with that because that's so dope. But a Vagabond is a, just a Ronin person. It's just a, a Vagabond I'm is saying, a person. I'm, I'm reading the like... manga Vagabond, which has to do okay, with samurais, well, you know. So. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. But I always, I always do like vag. I always like vagabond and oh, stories more than like samurai stories because samurai stories is just I'm a mercenary who does what my lord wants. But like a vagabond or a ronin is just I'm a I'm the last of my species. I do whatever <laughs> the fuck I want. It's just it's a cool story set up, you know. Yeah. Speaking of cool stories, final thing we have here from State of Play which ended the show, God of War, Ragnarok, which seems to be more God of War, which is a good thing. I didn't play the first one, but I watched a couple people play it. Not the completion, but I watched some scenes. Look neat. Mm-hmm. The game will be coming out November 9th, 2022, alongside an exclusive themed controller. So if you want that, you better get your hands on that when that game comes out. It's probably on pre-order right now. And then, uh, yeah, obviously that game will be exclusive to the PlayStation console family. I don't know if this one is coming to PS4, PS5. For sure PS5. I didn't see PS4 on there. So it might. Don't don't it's, quote me on that. If I remember correctly, they, it was supposed to solely be PS5, but then because of the whole it's hard to get a PS5, they, they pivoted and they oh, made a okay. PS4 version. 
Makes sense. It looks cool. Uh, so the God of War remake that they made back in 2018, that took it to a different direction compared to the other, you know, very like slashy, just sort of do shit God of Wars. This was a more slower paced, narrative driven. They actually told a, you know, a good story. And I mean, the other ones told a good story, but yeah. like it was mostly just hack and slash. But this one is more story, less hack and slash. Yes. I will say this. The God of War Ragnarok trailer had one of the coldest lines I've ever seen, which I've heard, which was death can have me when it earns me. Mm, that's good. I, when I heard that, everyone was memeing about that, too, because they were like, bro, that is the coldest line I've ever heard. Yeah. I think I like this version of Kratos more so than the angry Kratos always, you know, just out for, which is ironic because his name is God of War, right? But like, I just think the fact that they managed to develop the character a little better to show a different side showed that they, uh, they got a little bit something over there at Sony's narrative team. Maybe not I, when it comes to Naughty Dog, but you know. I will say this. I think what's interesting was that in the trailer for the God of War Ragnarok, was that I, I don't know if it was Freya or some other person saying, how are you a god? What do you know what a, uh, like a god is? Because if you think about it, Kratos is a god, but like who worships Kratos? You know, like Kratos doesn't receive worship. He doesn't receive like the ideas of love. So he, they're like the idea of like, you're not a real god because no one worships you. You don't know what love is. I was like, that is a super good point and a super good, like, interesting thought narrative. Like, are you truly a god if you have no one to worship you? Yeah, that's true. By the way, what if if Kratos is God of War in that universe? Where's Ares at? Uh, I think Ares was murdered. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't no, buy all of them. No. If I remember correctly, yeah, they 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 uh, address that. So in the first God of War, you are a servant of Ares. Mm. You don't you don't know that you're a natural god or a demigod until I think two. But then in in two, you take your revenge and you kill um, Ares, and then you claim his title. Okay, I know I'm not caught up with my God of War lore but there's a lot there's like i'll take your like... word for it anyway god of war ragnarok that'll be out on playstation get that controller if you want it and we're done with state of play so state of play was cool a lot of cool games coming some of them to pc some of them to playstation only so we'll figure that out in the future we got now the microsoft side and this was at tgs and TGS is still happening. We're not going to get caught up with all of the Microsoft stuff, or rather, with all the TGS stuff. But we'll get some of it. So this is Xbox Tokyo Game Show at uh, 2022. So let's recap what Microsoft did today. Blazeboot Cross Tag Battle and Guilty Gear Strive are coming to Xbox consoles in the spring of 2023. So we got some time to wait on those. Now, we've talked a lot about these games, but just for the uninitiated... Blazeboot Cross Tag Battle is a 2D tag fighting game made by Arc System Works, incorporating a bunch of different fighting game franchises, as well as some guest characters. So that'll be on Xbox, as well as Guilty Gear Strive, which is the latest release of the legacy 2D fighting game made by Arc System Works. It's a rock and roll theme fighting game. Broken loves it. Mm -hmm. 
I'm I'm wearing a t-shirt of it right now. Look at yeah. that. Let's rock. Heaven or hell. I will say this. I'm actually happy that Guilty Gear Strive is finally coming to Xbox because if there's nothing I keep seeing on Twitter is that all the Xbox fanboys saying, when when I when will it come on on Xbox? When will it come on Xbox? You know what? There's a crossplay beta coming out soon. And you know what they're probably gonna do when it's it finally has crossplay? They're as soon as it comes out on Xbox, they're gonna just wrap that thing back into the crossplay. Then you're gonna have even more people to play with. You know, I don't really talk to a lot of people that just own Xbox, but I do know one. And she always used to tell me that it's kind of sucks because it was for the longest time, it was Killer Instinct and Soul Calibur outside of Tekken. But like, it was just barren. Like when it came to fighting games, barren, nothing. And now we're getting some of the Japanese titles making it to Xbox. Really about time. I honestly think that like the whole exclusivity and the partnership with Sony having a grasp on a lot of those games was pretty whack for the longest time. It's cool to see Japan get away from some of the traditionalism and start, you know, making making some deals. You know, you know what I always thought was weird was that Dragon Ball Fighters was announced at the Xbox Game Awards. That's true. Yeah. No, at and E3, no one... at E3, at, at their showcase. Yeah, but then what was confusing as hell is that Bandai Namco never really worked with the Xbox game version of the game. Apparently, it's the worst out of the three. Damn. So, like, if you wanted to play, you either played the PS4 version or the Steam version, because the Xbox version ran like crap, apparently. From what Xbox players told me that owned multiple versions of the game. They said, don't play the Xbox version. Right. So, then again, it's kind of hard to trust Dragon Ball Fighters players on anything, so I would take that with a huge grain of salt. That is a huge grain of salt. Yeah. Nino Kuni Remastered is coming to Game Pass, and it's available now. That is an open-world JRPG. Nino Kuni looks kind of cool. It's, uh... I heard some mixed reviews about it. I heard it's cool, but it's also strange. So It's British Pokemon. Cool. Nino Kuni 2, Revenge, or Revenant Kingdom, coming to Xbox in 2023. So, again, open-world JRPG. Danganronpa V3 is available on Game Pass and is available now. I really like Danganronpa. It's a murder mystery visual novel. Pretty fun. I played the first two. I still got to play V3. And now it's going to be on Game Pass. So that's sick. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You know, it's been a while since I've heard about Assassin's Creed anything. But anyway, Odyssey. Available now on Game Pass. That's the one that came out in 2018. It's a third-person action game made by Ubisoft. Also, by the way, this is coming off of the heels that Ubisoft announced Assassin's Creed Mirage, the successor to 2020's Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That one is going to release sometime in 2023 on all platforms, but the Switch. Womp womp. You know, it's funny. Apparently they said that Assassin's Creed's going to step away from the RPG elements that they started with... Was it Black Flag? No, not Black Flag. It was after Black Flag. The one where there was uh, you were in Egypt. The one where you were in Egypt. Oh, shit, I don't remember that one. I don't remember it either, but apparently that game was not in a real Assassin's Creed because like, there was RPG elements, and then every game after that one was RPG because like you had levels and certain enemies where you couldn't like instant kill and like you had to like fight them. People were getting pissed off about it because mm -hmm. like in order to play Assassin's Creed in that game in those games, you had to do a bunch of side quests. You couldn't just go through the story because if you 
went through the story, you were under leveled by like certain points. So then it was like, okay, grind for levels. So apparently this one, they said, we're going to go, we're going to step away from RPG elements. So I think this might be a good, a uh, good Assassin's Creed game. I believe you, but I probably won't play any of them because it's Assassin's Creed. I remember for a while there, maybe from 2011 to about 2016, it was Assassin's Creed every year, sometimes multiple games a year. And I just got a, I just got AC fatigue, man. I was just like, I'm kind of done with this. And it was like, I don't know. It was like you said, it was, it was Black Flag. And then it was Brotherhood or not Brotherhood. Um, was it Brotherhood where you, you were playing as four, like co-op? Brotherhood was that. Um, and then it was like Syndicate. And then they came out with the Egypt one. And then whenever Valhalla came out, I don't remember. But anyway, um, I, it's, it's just not for me. I'm sure those games probably have some merit, but I just don't really care to find that anymore. Just a lot of fatigue. Maybe Mirage will be different. Last but not least, Deathloop coming to Game Pass on September 20th, 2022. And that one is a first-person gadget shooter with a cool little gameplay loop. No pun intended, but, you know, you're trying to solve the puzzle of you're supposed to, like, what kill eight people, right, and do it in one run. And if you mm-hmm. can't, you just spawn again to a different scenario. And it's uh, procedurally the... generated, right? It's like, it's always different. So it's not really procedurally generated. What it is is that, like, certain areas will be different. But, mm-hmm. like, what's cool is that it's a time-warping game where, like, one of the people that you have to kill is actually an assassin who's trying to kill you or you're trying to kill all these other people. I think Deathloop has a cool and interesting gimmick because also you can actually play as the assassin trying to kill you. Ah, Yeah, so like what it is, it has asynchronous multiplayer. So like while someone's playing the game, you can join that person's game and hunt them down. Nice. So like, I think it's kind of cool. I heard good things. Uh, It's been on PlayStation, right, for for a while. And I heard heard good things. Uh, So... Maybe I'll play it. This is a single player experience for the most part, right? Outside of the asynchronous stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, something I might check out eventually. But anyway, we talked about Tekken 8. That was a big fighting game. The next one is Street Fighter 6, but let's take a short break. We'll call a timeout, unlike Dude. the Denver Broncos a couple nights ago. And then <laughs> we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll come back refreshed and we'll talk about Street Fighter. We'll be right back. So have you seen this now? They're selling Sour Patches individual flavors. Damn, look at you. Wait, is this the same family pack you had last week? No, this is a different one. So this is a Sour, this is sour Patch Kids. Mm. But this is Sour Patch Kids Blue Raspberry. Wait, what happened to the family pack last week? Oh, I already ate it all. Oh my God, broken. <laughs> yeah, that was a week ago. Okay. Oh, man. You gotta watch that. That will rot your teeth though. Look at me, I sound like such a parent. <laughs> Are you broken? We're back. One item, but it should take us a little bit. Street Fighter 6. We got some new details. Last time we got details for Street Fighter 6 was a couple weeks ago. We saw a little bit more jury and what's Ninja Kimberly. Girl's name? Kimberly. Kimberly. I wanted to say Lily because I know there's going to be a Lily coming up, right? 
but it's, it's that's a different one. She's the French one. Sorry, spoilers, leaks. Um. Anyway, we've got some news today. On, I like how you're about to Google who Lily is from Street Fighter Six because you forgot. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm responding to chat without okay, okay. responding to chat. <laughs> anyway, uh, shout out to Capcom. They gave us some more details, some good details about Street Fighter Six, and there's a lot of good stuff here. So we're gonna discuss this. The three main things are gonna be the World Tour, the Battle Hub, and then the other thing, whatever that's called. I can't see it. The- Fighting the fighting ground. Yeah, fighting ground. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the world tour. So the world tour mode is has made another appearance. We saw how players can customize their own fighter as they run around the city, chucking Hadoukens at trash cans and spinning bird kicking across platforms, which was pretty cool. Like the one chick was just spinning bird kick from building the building, and I was like, all right, that's neat. <laughs> I was like, yeah, exactly. That's how levitation works. Gravity. Okay. So that was cool. Then the one guy was just chucking Hadouken, Hadouken, just trash cans or whatever they were, barrels. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Like, I thought that was really cool. Barrels on fire. He's like, yeah, let me chuck fireballs at those. Did you see that one guy that Yoga teleported from like one <laughs> yeah. platform to another <laughs> It's pretty funny. It's, it's, it's an interesting design of the way they've done the world tour. But anyway, uh, best yet, challenging others for a good old street fight. So you take your customized character against somebody else's customized character. You do the fist thing, and you're like, let's fight. And then they fight. All while they borrow moves from their favorite fighters in Street Fighter, their masters. So it was a pretty cool. We also saw the debuts of Blanca, Ken Masters, Dalsim, and E. Honda. At if least you... we learned one thing, which was that Ken is not divorced. True. And his that wife does was... not take the kid. But it is still said that Ken is not with his family. Yes. Yes. Those so what's who, what's his backstory? So he's hiding, he's in hiding because of he's been allegations in... that he was working with an evil corporation. So now he works at this he's now working at this uh place I think it's called like Eagle McDonald's something. Or... Oh. No, it's it's basically he's basically a a workman. Okay. Uh, construction <laughs> man. Okay. He works. A, he he works as a construction man. Yeah, a construction, cool. yeah, he's a construction agency agent, and basically he's on he's on the run from the from the police, and like he's in hiding, so he's not interacting with his family. But as he saw, one of his likes is his family. Sure, he does likes, and he doesn't like what was it meetings something like that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Which it makes sense. I don't think anyone likes meetings. No, I don't think they like do. <laughs> if anyone likes meetings, you're a psycho. I don't. Yeah. A lot of that stuff could just be an email. But regardless. True. Also, so, I like the fact that like in World Tour mode, you find the actual people like that you'll play in the main game and they teach you their moves. Yeah. So that was a cool part of how you see you're going into these dojos and can or not nah, like Chun-Li will be there, Ryu will be there, or Blanca, or whoever, and, you know, you take on their moves, you borrow their moves to fight other people. Pretty neat. Pretty neat. So, the World Tour looks promising. There's also a lot of cool gimmicks in World Tour mode, like 1v1v1v1, mm-hmm. multi-battles, and stuff like that. So, I think I think this is a really good, like... Street Fighter Six just looks like a game that you'll just be playing, and that's it. It's yeah. like the Yakuza game where it's like this has everything 
Street yeah. Fighter Six looks like it just has everything, and you just got one game you can just play forever. You know, I'll say this now because I'll forget later, but I saw on Twitter somebody said on Twitter, Street Fighter Six looks like uh, it like a complete apology for what Street Fighter Five was. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Like it yeah. is. Holy crap! Because has you noticed that nobody has been complaining about Street Fighter Six? Everyone's like, it's this not out. Yet. I mean, let's let's slow down our horses here because it's not out. It'll come. This is the FGC we're talking about. They'll shit on anything if they give them an inkling to shit on it. They'll they'll wait. I mean, come on, it'll happen. I but think, for now, for now, it's been good. Yes, I will say this. I think that Street Fighter Five might be the only bastard child where it doesn't like get looked on fondly after. It's been out in the sun. We'll see. I don't know. I feel like Street Fighter Six might be that one first fighting game of its kind where it's the first, the, oh, hey, this is the new game and everyone likes the new game. I think that this is going to be the, this is my opinion, my opinion only, subject to change. But I'm calling it now. I don't think Street Fighter Six will be, will be the, I think Street Fighter Six will be the first fighting game where people don't bitch about it and say the other game was better or the prior game was better, you know? Yeah. We'll see. Time will tell. And we shall find out. So anyway, they debuted Ken, Blanca, Dalsim, E-Honda. And if I might say, I think they all look great. I think they looked really good. Even Ken's goofy ass looks way better than how he debuted in Street Fighter V. I, I like the way he looks, to be honest. Yeah. I also like the commentators that they, they showed. Yeah. They showed, they showed two Japanese commentators. One of them was basically a sumo wrestler commentator from hell, and I was like, that is the coolest. Mm. I, need, I need commentators that are literally gimmick commentators like that, you know? That's the best part. So yeah, they've, they've done some, some good decisions. Uh, one last thing on these characters. Dalsim, the last two games that he's been in, he's looked super sick. Like, he's looked really good. I'm not even a Dalsim main, but he looks great in this game. And I thought in five, he looked he looked fucking cold. Like, he looked really good. So. Yeah. Dalsim's I cool. also like the fact that Dalsim doesn't wear the... He's wearing a new necklace now. It's not the same necklace he's been wearing. More skulls. Since... <laughs> yeah, Yo it's God. a different... Yeah, I, I like that. Like, he, it's showing that, oh, hey, this is not Street Fighter 3 anymore. I was by the way, even Blanca looks better. Even Blanca. But anyway, it's cool to see them all again. Uh so that was a part of the debut for the the World Tour mo- mode. They also debuted the Fighting Ground, which not only features the regular versus and online battle, but now extreme battle is a thing. So it's a special mode that features battles with unique rules and gimmicks. This mode is for those who want something different from the usual fight. So, you know, like you mentioned, they'll have like, you'll be fighting somebody and then a barrel will show up and you'll slip on it or a banana peel or whatever, like some stupid shit. So like, yeah, it's just I uh, like that. unforeseen it's... circumstance, a little bit of luck in your fighting game. Yeah, like why not? Like, here's the thing. If you look at Street Fighter Six, it's building all of this BS in the game which I think is maybe going to be the future of fighting games, which is going to be like, look, we're not arcades anymore. Mm-hmm. So instead of just having a fighting game being a fight, we have more stuff to add into the game. I think that's what the the future evolution of fighting games will be, is just like 
there's more to do than just the fights. Yeah, and that's good. We need that. One thing I will say, you know, so initially when they when they debuted this game, I was like, oh, okay, it's a more modern take on Street Fighter. They're trying to get people in that aren't boomers. Like, it, it's, it's pretty clear that they're trying to get a new audience. And I didn't mind that because... It's, I think it's really easy for games these days to just put a couple emotes and have them do the Fortnite dance. And it's like, hey, look at us. We're hip to the times. Street Fighter has a little bit of that, you know, with the, with the versus screen where they, they're doing their faces and all that. I mean, that's fine. But it seems like, to me, they're, they're actually adding depth within the things you can do in the game. Not just as a layer saying, it's like, hey, look at us. We're so hip. Like, we got... We got uh, whatever fucking emote dances, so I'm, they still have that. But I, yeah, I do want to like throw Hadoukens at burning barrels, like, <laughs> like I do want a spinning bird kick from building the building. That shit's fun to me, so like, why not? And as to do that in a fighting game, I don't think Plus, we've seen a lot of that lately, really. Tekken Force is like the last of its kind, and now we're yeah. getting Tekken Force again, but for Street Fighter, I think. Here's the thing that I think is hilarious is that a lot of people think that the the hardcore fighting game fans who all they're going to do is play online and play in in the uh, what is it in the fighting grounds. Mm-hmm. That's all they're going to do. They're like upset that this is going to be in the game. Oh, core fans will love this because guess what that does? It brings in a bunch of casuals, which means at the end of the day, they're going to have more people playing the game. And when there's more people playing the game, there's more people that you can play with i'm definitely going to be looking to making a character and just fucking around i think that's going to be fun exactly right? <laughs> like why not i think i think would be a really cool thing that they do is that like there's an actual game mode because i think that right now we've only seen this as just story mode like bs with the your creative character yeah. i think it would be a really cool mechanic is if there's a game mode where literally you just say hey my creative character versus your creative character you know like just fuck it. Why not? Why not? So yeah, it looks, I, looks neat. Mm-hmm. We'll see. So we talked about the fighting ground. We talked about extreme battle. The battle hub is next. So the battle hub section of the game also drops some new details. And now we know that one hub can hold up to 100 players. Players, like we said, can use emote or they can type their chat to communicate with one another. Player can also take part in the arcade-like battle hub featuring playing with each other as well as spectating. So TFH has this as well, where you can just go to like, they're called trines in TFH, but you can basically set yourself on auto pass to any lobby and you can spectate these people playing. So you don't even have to be a part of their lobby. You just go in there and you just you know, hop your little pony on there and then uh, they're hopping and then you get to watch them play. You don't have to fight. I think it's cool that they're bringing an atmosphere like that, but they're trying to make it more like they're putting arcade cabinets all over the place and you can watch players play. So that's cool. Um, There's also a tournament mode, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So they talked about that where there's an event counter in the battle hub where tournaments are held periodically. So you can watch out for that. Pretty neat. I think what's, I think what's really cool that you didn't put in here in the docket was that there's a DJ room where, like, you could just chillax with your homies. It was basically, like, there's a DJ hub where it's, like, you can pose pictures, you can, like, chill with your friends and, like, 
turntables and stuff like that. I thought that was kind of cool. It's just like, basically, it's an MMO now at this point. Yeah. Yep. It's Final Fantasy without the bunny ears. So. The true experience. The true experience. So that's the battle hub. Uh, but really, the, in my opinion, the most surprisingly, uh, classic titles at the cabinets in the battle hub will be located in the game center section, which you can compete with others for high scores and stuff. I, so clarify this for me, because I didn't see this in the actual, I went to the website and I try to look this up. Can you actually play classic Street Fighter with other people or are you just playing versus the CPU and getting high scores and having other people beat your score? They haven't, they haven't explained it yet. They haven't even explained the games that you could play. Okay. They just said, we won't, ex- they said, we won't tell you what games you can play in the Battle Hub, but then they showed Street Fighter 2, mm-hmm. and then that's it. Which means, you may be able to play with other people, these ROMs, which is kind of a cool thing. Like, oh, hey, yeah. why not? Yeah. Why not? Like, I'm pretty sure the PS5 and the Xbox One are powerful enough to hold a game. That's, and you, also hold that's a- like you playing like a dragon and going to the arcade and start playing Virtua Fighter. Exactly. Like, these games are I mean, these systems are powerful enough. These game consoles are powerful enough to play multiple games at once. So, like, it wouldn't be hard to do a Capcom collection into Street Fighter VI. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure that's what's going to be. Is like, you know, the Capcom collection? That's Mm going to be, like, what you can do at the arcades. You can just play, like, Darkstalkers or Street Fighter. I don't know about Darkstalkers. Maybe not. But, like, just all the old... Just Street Fighter uh, sort of games, yeah. All of them up to maybe three. I don't think four or five will be there, but no. like... Or maybe they would just be like made up mini games that have to do with Street Fighter characters. Like maybe they won't be actual Street Fighter titles. I'd be fine with that too. I mean, I just think it's a cool little add on they're putting on there. So, hey, that's neat. Um, finally, Street Fighter 6 has announced a closed beta test taking place from October 7th to the 10th on PS5, Xbox Series X and S. And man, broken, I would have never thought they would come back to the land of PC. But yes, Steam, they're coming back to Steam. And and yes, it is crossplay. Eight characters, online matches and tournaments, training mode, extreme battle, and more. You enlightened me saying no Blanca, no E Honda, and no Dalton. No mm-hmm. That's so, what someone said on Twitter. I don't know if that's true or not, but so in is theory, that... so if that's true, in theory it would be Ryu, Chun Li, Jamie, Luke, Jury, and Kimberly and Ken. Okay. All right. That's eight. Which is eight characters. Yep, that's eight. Okay. So it does make sense. And it's cross play with the Xbox Series family, which is great. Great. Hey. Which means for this game, and I think we sort of knew this. Sony is not in bed with Capcom to make Street Fighter VI, which I think is a good thing, personally. I think exclusives, when they come from third-party titles, aren't good. If when, they're, when they're homegrown, when they're first-party, Halo, Uncharted, that's fine. But taking exclusive like the way Tomb Raider and Xbox had that relationship, or the way Last Generation, Street Fighter, and Sony had that relationship, I don't think that's healthy for gaming. So it's good to see that Bandai Namco can step on their own have a relationship with everybody, and uh, yeah, close beta. I was not making Street Fighter. You mean Capcom? Yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I got Tekken 8 in my head. Uh, 
yeah, Capcom having a relationship with everybody coming back to Xbox after eight something years. Eight years? How long has it been? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a while. Six years. No, I'm thinking of Street Fighter 4. That was eight years. Uh, six years. But anyway, open beta, or rather closed beta for Street Fighter 6. You can sign up now. Go to streetfighter.com slash forward. Six slash forward. CBT. <laughs> don't... There'll be a link in the end, at the end of the video. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to link it because I don't want to get in trouble with Street Fighter somehow, but um, I don't know. Anyway. You can, uh, I signed up, you signed up. We'll see mm-hmm. if we get in. I think it'll be cool. I'm going to uh, sign up again, but on a different console, just in case. I want to ask you two questions. The first one. Are you surprised at all that they went back to Steam after the debacle that was the Street Fighter V beta on PC? I know this is closed, but still. I don't know. I thought because we would never see another Street Fighter beta on PC after what happened with Five. I didn't think we were going to ever see another beta, honestly, on Steam after what happened to Five. And I guess let's—I uh, mean, let's so for, for the uninformed, let's explain what happened to Five. Yes. So for the uninformed, what happened was that Street Fighter Five had a a uh, a beta on Steam as well as on PlayStation Four. And what happened was is that people cracked the demo to make it a game that they could play forever. So what happened was is that people were playing training mode all throughout. For months. <laughs> for months before Street Fighter V came out, which meant that people, when Street Fighter V finally came out, had knowledge about how to play the game that most other people did not have access to. because. If you didn't have the demo and you weren't playing, I mean, you didn't have time with Street Fighter V, but there are people that were on Steam that had time with Street Fighter V. And even though it's the beta version, that still gives you chances to learn the mechanics of the game. Oh, yeah. Even if the character changes. So that gives you a leg up. And so... And that's in addition, by the way, to the fact that every time these FGC DGENs get an open beta or any sort of beta on Steam, they data mine the shit out of it. And then they leak they everything. Really <laughs> so re- I thought we would never really get do. another beta on Steam, man. I just thought they'd be like done with that shit. I, I did too. That's why I was super confused. I thought this was going to be PS5 and Xbox only. I was expecting that, yeah. But hey, you know what? It's a good thing. And yeah. also, can we talk about the fact that this is a cross-play beta? Yeah, that's crazy. That's wild. The- what Not year is it broken? <laughs> all of our fighting games are getting crossplay. I know. Because Guilty Gear Strive announced that they're getting crossplay. This announced it's, Street Fighter is announcing it's getting crossplay. Tekken hasn't announced it yet, but you know. They haven't even announced rollback yet. So let's let's wait on them. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, if Tekken 8 doesn't announce rollback, I feel like that game might just lose all of its hype that it's gaining right i think it'll still do really well because people just love tekken but for the hardcore it's, it'll be a, a bitter pill to swallow it'll really bitter i i think the problem is that like the reason why people still play tekken 8 is because tekken is a 3d fighting game and all the games that everyone's playing which is 2d fighting games have rollback and so like everyone's like okay i like this you should play like i get it Everyone says you should play rollback, you should play rollback, but there isn't a 3D fighting game currently out that has rollback. 
And so, like, if you're a absorb. 3D only, yeah, there's absorb netcode. Hey, virtual fighter. But you know, if you're a 3D fighting game player, your only option is delay or absorb netcode, and your only options are Soul Calibur, Virtua Fighter, Five, whatever version is on my PS5, and then um, uh, Tekken. So yeah, and Tekken, Tekken's weird. Tekken Seven, that is, because it has a form of rollback implementation. It's just not. It is so weird. It it's is three weird. frames of rollback. Yeah. And like ever since the newest update, you can actually see the yeah. three frames of rollback. Because I I thought it was so weird, but now like it actually will tell you this is how many time frames the game rolled back. It's a weird um hybrid of delay and rollback, and I don't like it. So what it that was my first question. The fact that the we're getting a Steam beta. Beta, yeah. Second one. I personally was before this announcement, I think with Street Fighter 6, on a scale one to 10, my excitement level or my, just the way I was perceiving this game was probably at a six. I was like, mm -hmm. I am passively interested. I'm not like looking for details every day about the game. I'm, I'm looking forward to news. After this announcement, I think I'm like at a steady seven. Like I feel good about this game. We'll see what happens once we actually get to play it. But I do feel good just outside looking in. Where were you at before this announcement and where are you at now? So before this announcement, I was at a solid seven. Okay. Like, I so was you're excited. Good. I was excited for the game, but I was like, because the world tour mode got me excited when it first was announced. Hey, hey, this is Street Fighter 6. And then there's like, oh, hey, there's world tour mode. So I was kind of excited. But now. I'm really excited, so I'm at a nine. I'm like, oh, not wow. a, yeah, I'm not at a ten, but I'm at a nine because I'm like, there's so much you can do. The only thing that I'm worried about is how long it's going to take for me to get the hell out of character creator mode because they showed that it's basically Monster Hunter version of, which is a cool thing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So they just they just used the Monster Hunter character creator and ported it into Street Fighter Six. That's awesome. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right. And uh, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not one of those people that spend like 500 hours in character creator trying to make the perfect character. I do spend a while in character creator trying to make the character I like to see, though. So. But also, it's I'm one of those people who are like, as soon as I get out of character creator mode, I'm happy because I can finally play the game I wanted to play. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, I have to like, I've seen those people. There are people that like, that's their enjoyment is messing with the models of the character. But, like, I understand it. That's nice and all, but, like, me personally, all I need is a t-shirt, a jacket, jeans, and some Converse, and we're good to go. Let's roll. Damn, just the melty drip, huh? <laughs> drip I wear! I am the melty drip, okay? I'm the most unappealing person ever, because all I wear is a t-shirt and a jacket and jeans. Ooh, man, you could spot me anywhere. Yeah. It's looking good. It's looking good for Capcom style. It's looking good for just gaming in general. Uh, I'm glad that this is coming out to multiple platforms. And yeah, I'm, uh, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. And as a, as a gaming boomer, I don't say that very often. But it's looking good. Anyway, that's all we had for the Street Fighter news this week. 
sure we might get more at TGS. I'm sure more gameplay will come out as that uh, week continues. Because I think there are two more days at TGS. We just, we'll miss some stuff. But uh, what we're not going to miss is our take a flyer wrap-up section. Take another short break, our final one, and we'll be right back. Have you seen the tweet from Majin Obama? Uh, I think you need to show this on the podcast. I know Matsumoto and Ta at Taka Nakayama got that dog in them because they uh, they about to let us give Akuma a faith. <laughs> Obama, oh, had, Obama had another great tweet. Frankentank on Twitter tweets, is there a sadder combination in fighting games than high execution plus low tier? Obama replies to Frank saying high execution and mid tier because you can convince yourself it's kind of worth it only to fail in spite of the effort. Kneeling before an illusion of what could be if you were a better person. So I replied, fuck. <laughs> and he said, you know that pain. <laughs> oh yeah, I know that pain. You know, well. he described to me what playing Labyrinth feels like. And I was like, fuck, dude. Like, I always think it's like, if only I were better. If only I didn't suck. Are you broken? The final segment of tonight. Take a flyer, wrap up. I know this seems daunting. There's a lot on there, but it's not too bad. Anyway, Xbox Elite Wireless Controller Series 2 Core. What a mouthful. So this is pretty much the same controller as the Elite Series, which is $179 without the extra paddles, charging docks, and everything else in the carrying case. It is fully customizable still. Playable on Xbox controllers and PC. Pre-orders are open now. $129 redos. Also, it's white and matte black, which I think looks neat. Looks better than the other Elite controller. Back in the day when I was still playing on Xbox, I was like, you know what? I wanted an Elite controller, but it was so expensive. I was like, ah, I can't afford one. Too expensive, so I never did get one. This one's a little more affordable, especially considering the prices of arcade sticks. I think it looks cool. I have no use for a controller, so I won't buy it as a responsible adult with money. But if <laughs> I were irresponsible, if I just wanted cool looking shit, I'd be like, hey, I'd buy this. So they uh they, they actually announced a PS5 Black Pro controller, mm -hmm. which has the paddles in the back, as oh, well as like nice. some other extra features too. So like I heard okay. really good reviews about the Xbox controller. People who have used it, who have spent the money, they said this is actually really good. But I just don't want to spend the money. I I can't I can't think of like spending that much money on a controller besides a hitbox. But I'm actually thinking about buying a different hitbox because my problem is is that the hitbox that you that I have right now is a typing hitbox, so it's very slim. Here I'll show you my problem. Okay. Broken right is here. reaching down, yep. grabbing the hitbox, which weighs a total of two pounds. Uh, it's more than two pounds. So this is my problem. See how thin this controller is? It is quite small. It is the size of your hand. Sort of. No, it is not. This is how you're supposed to hold it, right? Notice how my hand is... I've shown this to many people. If I rest my hand, is literally just... It's half on it, right? Right. Which means my biggest problem is so the way you're supposed to play a hitbox is you're supposed to type on it like this, like you're typing on a keyboard. Okay. I play the hitbox by resting my hand. 
So I can only play this thing for like maybe five minutes before it gets uncomfortable. Mm. So I need a palm rest. So I'm thinking about getting the hitbox because I've seen them where like it's like really large right here and it has a palm rest. Yeah, so I can so you need like, like an like extended box. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. Why not just play on stick then? Because I can't play on stick. I play on pad. Get on good. Pad Get good on stick broken. Become boomer. <laughs> no, I cannot become boomer. I must. I must get with the times, old man. God damn it! I'll be alone here. Oh well. Um, <laughs> anyway, I thought the controller looked cool. I thought, by the way, I thought the God of War controller for PlayStation Five looked cool too. Yeah, yeah, it did. So, I like custom controllers. I have one. It's the Lunar White. If you can look it up, uh, whoever's listening. I bought this back in like whatever 2015. It was the X. It was the Xbox One slash PC custom controller that I think only GameStop sold, or maybe it was Best Buy. I don't remember. One of them. I bought that one. It was good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Railbound, a neat little puzzle game about trains and dogs. Connect trains and travel the world as a dog conductor. Now available on Steam, iOS, and Google Play Store. I like puzzle games. You're a dog. You do puzzles with trains. It's neat. Solstice. This is from Steam. Explore a dark world brimming with hidden mysteries. Master a diverse combat system and inhabit the dual force of two sisters in a coming-of-age dark fantasy story with fast-paced action, vicious enemies, and spectacular boss fights. Very Claymore slash Berserkish. That's why I added it. Looked kind of cool. Also, it comes from Modus Games, the publisher of Them's Fighting Herds. I had to give them a shout out. And they have a pretty good eye for talent. Obviously picking up Main 6 and TFH. So maybe Solstice would be pretty cool. The game planned release date is sometime in September. Specifically the 20th of September. So we'll see. Comes on everything but the Switch. Womp womp. But speaking of oh, things that are only coming to the Switch, Disney Illusion Island. I saw the trailer for this thing. This is cool, but I'm a sucker for side-scrolling stuff. So side-scrolling 2D cooperative platformer, up to four players, featuring Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Donald Duck, and Goofy, announced exclusively on Switch. Looks really fun. Launching sometime in 2023. They got that Disney production money behind it. It looks good. I think I played... I don't remember the name of the game, but I played a similar side-scrolling platformer back in the heyday that had to do with uh, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. So it was fun. I think what you're thinking about is uh, Daffy Tales or something like that. DuckTales. Was that what it's called? I don't remember. Um, I played it on, in, over at my uncle's house um, when he used to babysit me, and he had a PC, Windows 98 or whatever. And uh, yeah, it was on there. I don't know if he had it on legally. I played it. It was good times. Anyway, uh, Disney Illusion Island looks kind of neat. I don't have a Switch, and I will never get one, so I will never play this game. Hey, Netflix, they have games? I didn't know that until today. Lucky Luna is a pixel art 2D puzzle platformer available now on iOS and Google Play for free if you have an active Netflix subscription. It looks charming, and by the way, it is charming. I played it today, actually. Really cool. Good uh, level design. Nice music. Over 100 levels on iOS. Something to do, right? Like, I sometimes play phone games while I'm at work. 
why not? So if you have Netflix have to, already, I might have to get this game. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty neat. So I, uh, might, I played it. might have to grab this game right now while we speak. Yeah. Lucky Luna, look it up. It's uh, it's on phone, Google Play, iOS. You just need to sign in with your Netflix account. I didn't even know Netflix makes games. Go figure. Uh, I forgot to add this game, but I, I just remembered it came out. If you liked old school Sonic and you remembered this game came out a while ago, they announced a sequel to Freedom Planet 2. If you liked Freedom Planet, which everyone that uh, that liked old school Sonic did, Freedom Planet 2 is available now. I like old school Sonic. It's fun. There you go. Go check out Freedom Planet 2. It's on Steam. You can get that game right now. Sweet. And last but not least, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, the PC version via Steam and Epic Game Store, will launch on October 19th, 2022. Happy birthday to my friend Jessica. The collection includes Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, and Uncharted The Lost Legacy. I've never played Uncharted 4. I heard it was good, though. I played the first three. I, I enjoyed them. Finished, I finished it about, like, two weeks ago. Uncharted 4. It's a good game. I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it ended very oddly. Because what they did was they... Well, way to you don't do any shit out of it. No, I'm <laughs> you don't do any action. You just... Oh, man, I spoiled the crap out of... Uncharted 4. You, well, you spoiled uh, now the you... ending. I mean, I tech. I wonder if I should censor that. I mean, maybe I should. Nah, you don't need to. It's I'm, not. I might for the post edit. I will censor all of this. So if you're <laughs> listening to now, you have no idea what Broken just said. That's okay. For anybody who is here live listening to this, I am sorry. I can't control what Broken says. He's his own person. He has his own thoughts and ideas. So you're right. I'm sorry, everybody. I spoiled Uncharted 4. Spoilers. Spoilers. Anyway, uh, it's cool. Hey, think about it. Uncharted, The Last of Us is coming. Horizon's already on there. God of War. And a bunch of other PlayStation games are on Steam. But you know, you know what, what needs isn't. To come on. You know what needs to come on Steam, on Steam, actually? Killzone. I need the Killzone collection. Oh, I thought you were going to say the double B. Oh, no. Uh, that's fine. You're done? You don't want it anymore? I I don't I don't want it anymore. <laughs> right. I want Bloodborne, but like, dude, trust me, I cannot, I cannot in good faith trust Bloodborne to ever come on Steam. Like, I, I've I've given up my dreams. It's never coming. Yeah. I've given up the dream. You think Bloodborne is intimidated by Blaze Blue because they're both double Bs? They're like, I don't. Hell know. no. <laughs> Hell no. Miyazaki or whoever I don't know who created Bloodborne. That guy does not care Miyazaki? about Miyazaki, isn't that Studio yeah. Ghibli? <laughs> yeah, Studio Ghibli. That's funny. Could you bleep that out too? I'll, I'll censor that. that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, last but not least, so obviously we had a huge show with a bunch of announcements, TGS and all that stuff. So I didn't have time today to talk about ID at Xbox Showcase, which they showcase all these cool little indie games from small developers. I love that conference every year. I'll, uh, I'll go over the games that they talked about for next podcast, see if they have anything interesting there. And we'll put it probably either on the wrap-up or maybe in some of the news. But uh, Nintendo Direct, which was nothing but farming simulators. Yeah, so RIP. But hey, Nintendo got Disney Illusion Island, so they got something. Hey, there you go. There, there you go. go. 
They also got a ton of games coming on other consoles that are farming simulators, because, you know, the hit new craze of 2020s is farming simulators. What did you say the new Zelda's called? Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Which is why it was banned from the live stream. Did Zelda die? Is that what happened? No! Oh. It's just, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I was it's gonna say that's that, a pretty like hardcore title. I was like, damn, who died? I don't know, but apparently that is the reason why it was banned from being live streamed in England. In old England. Because it's like insensitive to their you know current situation. Exactly, which is just oh, okay, cool. All we it. got I get it. You know, it's it's whatever. It's not the worst thing I've heard happen as far as PR and the world of gaming. There's been much worse. That's true. Also, can we talk about how Nintendo Direct still, to this day, does not show any sign of Prime 4? We will never know what Prime 4 is. Yeah. That game was just perpetual. They never dark. have to. Did you see how much fucking money uh, Splatoon 3 made them recently? Splatoon 3 outsold yeah. Harvest Moon, or not Harvest yeah. Moon, uh, Animal Crossing. Crazy. Yep. Crazy. Splatoon. Animal Crossing was, uh, yeah. Oh well. Go figure. They're rolling in the deep. They don't. They don't have to like do anything. Like every time I say no switch, womp womp. Like they don't need these fucking games. Like they're doing just fine. Like, <laughs> they don't need anything. They're like, yeah. The switch is literally printing the money. Oh yeah. Yep. Although I I did hear just from you know the grapevine looking online. People talking about tech on YouTube and stuff. They're saying that the Steam Deck is actually a better Switch. It outside, is. Outside of like the fact that you don't have Nintendo exclusives on there, but hardware for hardware. Steam yeah, Deck's it's a better, better Switch. Yeah. It's way better Switch. Yep. Stronger, more adaptable, and it can play you can actually play PC games, which is whoa, hello. Hello. I think they might actually have an ability when it comes out on Steam to play Tekken 8, which I mean, you can't play Tekken 8 on, on Nintendo Switch, but if you can play it on Steam Deck, hey, there you go. Yeah. One of my friends has a Steam Deck, and he plays Hades on it at his uh, work breaks. So. You, you know, I was thinking the Steam Deck might be the way that the tournament standard for PC gameplay is done at a tournament. Because uh, yeah. you can plug in any controller on into a Steam Deck, and it will read it. And I think I think they call it a hunch because they actually showed it. They showed Guilty Gear Strive and an arcade stick on a Steam Deck and a commercial being played. I think that might be the next step to tournament standard, which if is no longer use a console, just use a Steam Deck because, hey, everyone wants to play on PC, well then screw it. There you go. There's if your it's PC. powerful enough to play a game like Tekken 8, yeah, uh, we're there. We're, we're there for sure. Mm-hmm. But you know where we are? We've arrived at Orbis once again. Here we are. Let's get off this boat. <laughs> Let's get off this airship. And uh, Broken, my friend, I appreciate you coming on a late night edition of Right to Orbis, episode four. Got a lot to talk about, but I thought it was it was well done. And yeah, I don't have anything else to say unless you want to leave us with the the audience with some words of wisdom from Pringle to two slash broken wing. What do you got to say? Now you have to fill in the words of wisdom of both Pringle to one and Pringle to two since you're taking this place. 
Um, not a good start. You'd <laughs> <laughs> uh, be like, oh man, you know, just trying to do better and working out and, you know, just uh, getting this. There you work. go. You, you ready? You ready? <laughs> um, enjoy life, guys. Seek friends, you know? Yeah. Enjoy the good times. Go even, spend time enjoy with the, the bad people. Ones. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And take it all in. Don't, don't, don't stay in a slump. Trust me. I've been staying in a slump for a while. I got out of it every now and then just to go and do things. It sucks to be in a slump. Trust me. Mm-hmm. You got to get out of that slump every now and then. Yep. Got to get it out. Yep. Hopefully we help a little bit by, you know, having, having you pass the time with us talking about some silly shit every week. But it uh, makes me smile every time. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. It's a fun little exercise to do once a week. Good mental exercise. Some people need to talk to people through microphones. Some people need to talk through people through YouTube chat. Everybody gets their human interaction one way or another. But until next time, hopefully you guys have a wonderful whatever time it is you're listening to this. We'll see you all later. My name is Max Fleischer. That was Broken Wing. And we'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.